Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Are we live? And yeah, we are. <laughs> we are live. Combo, are you wearing the polo today? Yeah, you know. You know the vibes. Dad vibes, you heard? Oh, that okay. I I like it, man. You got the title of all titles. The father. I um polo is my thing though. So whenever I see polo, I have to shout it out. So I I'm liking the drip today in the studio. You got your mic arm set up. You're looking fancy. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I actually like polo. I do. I wear a bunch of polo. Definitely. Can't go wrong with it. Shout out to polo. We aren't even sponsored by them, but we give them hey, a free. Yeah, if they want to send us some merch, you know, we'll send you the Addy polo. You heard. I feel uh, <laughs> we're back in the studio, man. It's been a while. I'm on the East Coast time now. I feel like everything is right with the world. I feel feel like everything's back to normal i got my mic arm set up i'm like okay things are good things are good we're okay. getting better every day even if it's even if it's little by little you know we, we set up our mics differently we set up our backgrounds differently but what got you here won't get you to the next level you know what i mean i like it there's a lot of nba stuff going on there's a lot of nba stuff going on i finally got to come back and cover the orlando magic i saw bobo up close and personal he like I don't know. It's it's different. Like his like he's just a lanky guy. I mean, that's obvious, right? You see it on TV, but like when you see it in person, I feel like no matter what size shorts he wears, he still looks like he's seven feet tall. Oh, he's over seven feet tall. I mean, I saw him next to KD. I don't know what they list Bol Bol as, but seven two, I believe. He's definitely taller than KD watching that Brooklyn Nets game. Oh my gosh. And but here's the thing, and I'm going to shout out Wendell Carter Jr. right now. The Orlando Magic miss Wendell Carter Jr. Like, rebounding-wise, they have no type of interior presence in the paint. Even though Bobo's crazy lanky, I really like Paolo, and he's 6'10", and he's physical. But on the defensive end, on the offensive end, like, they weren't getting any rebounds. I'm like, yep, they're missing Wendell Carter, 100%. He's almost their connective piece in a lot of ways as well, kind of how Sabonis serves the Kings. He's like that hub up top handoffs, make the right pass, make the right decisions. And I think they're missing that as well because against the Nets, the Magic, it's good vibes. Like, I think it's good vibes with the Magic, but they don't know how to play with as a team yet at all. And I think with Wendell out of the lineup, almost that point center type role he plays with them, they were missing that. And the Nets, they're not the most connected offense, but the way they were playing was just at a different level on offense than the Magic as a team. Like, it's almost like the Magic were just going out there to hoop. Like, it was open run, right? Paulo does his thing. Franz does his thing. Bobo does his thing. But the Nets were a little more connected in that game I saw. And that was the difference right there because the Magic were competing. And obviously, the Magic have a lot of talent. Exactly. And the Atlanta Hawks... Shout out to them because obviously that's who the Magic just played last night. Uh, Trey Young had a double-double in the first half, and I think he's the best passer in basketball right now. He's a special player. He's a very yeah. special player. He's very underappreciated. Um, people often say you can't win a championship with a player like that who can't really defend, and the offense is somewhat of a heliocentric type style. But at the end of the day – can't you just appreciate a special player for being a special player at times? Like not everybody can win a championship. Not everybody can win an MVP. That doesn't mean that player is not special to just, if your first evaluation of Trey young is that style of play won't win a championship. I think it's a little bit ridiculous. 
and you kind of just have to appreciate the player for who he is. I agree with that. And one thing I'd also add if Trey, okay, so I believe Trey Young is by traditional standards right now, according to like Rashad, shout out to RP, um, Rashad's positional dictionary, he's not a traditional like point guard, but by just NBA standards, we'll just say for argument's sake, he's a point guard. I can't name, I can only name two point guards who are better than him right now. I don't put it depends Luka, on, okay, does it, yeah, okay, you don't put Luca in the point guard category. I see what you're saying, like, in terms of uh, not jumbo size point guards, right? Like yeah. you don't put you don't put the LeBron and the Lucas in that category. No, and that's no. the thing when we talk about positions, it gets complicated these days, you know, because it is a positionless sport in a lot of ways. Exactly, but like if so, if you were going to go by NBA standout, Lucas to be listed as a point guard, point forward. So I put him in the small forward category, just using that criteria. I can't name you other than two people who I would say Steph Curry. And if you give if you say John Morant, I'm like, okay, like I, I it's I could see that. I can make a debate that Trey is better, but if is you were to Steph, say, is Steph a point guard? See now by NBA standards, he's listed as a point guard, right? We say he's the second greatest point guard, third greatest point guard of all time. But by way, the way you and I evaluate the game or Rashad's position dictionary, no, he's not. Like he's not. But by NBA standards, he would be right. voted in. And the crazy thing is, is that like if you tell somebody he's not a point guard. They think you're trying to slight him. And that's no. the furthest thing from the truth. Exactly. You know? Yeah, he just, he doesn't play at the right. He doesn't play that position the same way Chris Paul does. Oh, no. Yeah, like Chris Paul is the last true point guard from what I see. Oh, Tyle- Tyrese Halliburton is really nice, like the way he um, initiates offense and makes the right pass. But he's such an efficient shooter and scorer as well. He's not even a traditional point guard himself, you know, like it's, it's tough. I mean, I think John Morant's actually closer to that than people think because they see the eye popping athleticism. Right. And that's the first thing they think of, but he really is a true point guard that sets his team up. In my opinion, he is, he's yeah. And, he, and he's a really underrated passer. But when I look at Trey Young's game and I know we were focused on the Orlando magic, but I was just looking at it up close and personal. I'm like, dude, he has a double double in the first half. And we think of Trey Young, of his shooting or his playmaking, his prolific scoring. When you actually watch him play, he really is like a quarterback. Like the, he is such a – and I told Coach McMillan this. I said he's an underrated passer, and it's kind of weird to say that because he's led the league in assists before. But it's not the first thing you think of when you think of Trey Young because he, he's putting up 28 points a game. But he's averaging 27. And, and like last year, I don't know if he averaged 11 assists. It was something crazy like – He's such a good passer. And so when you look at the position, he could score, he could shoot, he could pass, he could play make. There's one thing that I feel like is really missing from his game. And if he does this, it will open up everything for him. And that is moving without the ball. Yeah, and defense. Whether that's fair or not, but like if he moves without the ball, like that's what like Steph, we all have the highlights and the handles. But when you watch him play and you know this, you look at his highlights, he never stops moving. When Trey would kick to Murray or a lot of the offense that sets they would run, kind of stands on the top of the key or he waits to get the ball. He doesn't really move without the ball. And I don't expect him to be like Steph because that's no one's ever moved without the ball like Steph. But if he adds that element to his game, I feel like that can increase his shooting percentages. Because when I interviewed him last night, he even said that. He's like, I know my percentages are down. Um, but he gave me a very good team leadership type of answer. But I'm like, his percentages should go 
up when you play with another player who should be giving you better looks. But it, that would only work if you're moving without the ball. Yeah, I think that and defense is obviously the thing you can prove upon. But there's almost there's only so much he could do, you know, being that small. It helps side. It's almost like he's non-existent. But, yeah, I think to add that wrinkle to his game would definitely help him tremendously and help the team tremendously. Because, I mean, we were talking about Luka a little bit before um, this recording. And to win that style of play, you have to defy the odds. And it's really tough. It's not the most seamless and easy way to win a championship. LeBron did it because he was so great. But he had to defy the odds. And it's just a tougher way to go about winning in the playoffs and winning a championship. Right. And, you know, I saw a tweet the other day, the Magic are actively tanking. And I'm like, I don't even want, we don't like using the word tanking. I I don't think we like that. But, like, Paulo was balling out. Like, and he, it's so weird with Paulo. He, like, had 17. I didn't even realize he had 17. Like, he, yeah, that that's, that's how it goes with him. Like, he gets a quiet 20. Easy. It was so weird. I'm like, ah, oh, it doesn't seem like he's, he's like kind of having an off night. And then I look, I'm like, wait, yeah, 17. And I was like, it's not really an off night. A guy's a rookie. Like, it's weird. It was such a silent 17 to start off. I wonder how that's going to translate as he gets better. Like, will it always be that quiet 25? I hope not. I, I kind of want a loud 30 from Paulo, you know? Isn't that wild that there could be loud 20s and quiet 20s? Yeah, that's how that's how the sport is. But it does seem like that with him. Because when I was watching him play against the Nets, I'm like, he's doing pretty good, but... You know, he's not destroying or anything. And then I looked at the stats. I'm like, nah, he's doing really good, you know, like, especially for a rookie. But it seemed like he had like six points, but he had That's a lot a- more than that. Yeah. The exact That's- same thing. Yeah. It's strange. And I was talking to a couple people there and I'm like, would you, you know, I had to throw the question out there. I'm like, would you, is it worth tanking? And you don't like to use the T word around like the franchise, but is it worth that when you have Victor coming up and you have an opportunity? at least get him and people are like i I just he is so unanimously beloved it almost makes me feel like that's what they're going to do that doesn't guarantee you get him you know it It doesn't does it yeah so i mean honestly it doesn't guarantee you even get the second pick with school so it's a dangerous play it's a dangerous game to play at times but look i think even if they go hard they're not going to be even a playing team right so What's the point of taking in a lot of ways? Just play, just just try and win games. I think that's the best way for culture. And obviously, I said I don't mind them trading away their veterans. I talked about this before on the podcast. You know, I don't think that's a terrible idea because I think some of the veterans the Magic have could help winning teams right now. But when you're on the court, when you're coaching the team, and Mosley's doing a great job, you have to try and win games. You know, you have to try and win games. Yeah, I agree. And then uh, we transitioned to the rest of the league. Tatum and D-Book had a crazy night last night. A lot of people are very high on the Boston Celtics. Like, right Why now, wouldn't you be? <laughs> yeah, they're on fire. I mean, are they arguably the best duo in the league right now? You talk about uh, Jalen Brown and Tatum? Yeah. The best duo in the league. The best duo in the league. I mean, defense, offense. I mean, look, man, maybe we're past that era, but the Nets and the Lakers still have a really nice duo if they get it all together, right? I think the Lakers have a better shot. I'm better. Like those those teams' ceiling 
in the playoffs, I think it's still higher than those two, in my opinion. But I do think the Celtics, obviously, this is not a crazy take out of the better team. Like Malcolm, Malcolm Brogdon, Malcolm Brogdon is going to help that team tremendously in the playoffs. He's going to be an absolute difference maker. Yeah, I I would take Boston's duo over Brooklyn's because of their defensive versatility. Like obviously, Kyrie Irving is a liability defensively. Yeah, with Brown, you don't have any of that. Yeah, no, I mean, two way wise, yeah, they're the best two way duo. That's a good way to put it. Like how I say Giannis is the best two way player in the world, but I think Luke is the best player in the world. Kind of like that as well. I'm just saying, though, you you don't agree with the point, but you get where I'm coming at. I do. I do. Yeah, I yeah. agree. The Lakers are looking like they're turning it around, though, a little bit. I'm not saying they're an elite team, but they're hitting they the not They couldn't put Indiana away that night. I, that was crazy. Yeah, I know. That's why I have the Lakers shirt on if you're watching the video, ladies and gentlemen. But because they didn't – let me move the microphone. But because they didn't seal the deal in Indiana, I was like, nope. Wearing the jacket. Can't reward that. <laughs> Y'all was reading a book once. It talks about how when fans talk about their team, if the team wins, they say they lost. But if the team, sorry, if the team loses, they say they lost. But if the team wins, they go, we won. <laughs> exactly. people, always want to, people always want to associate themselves with winners. It's yeah, fun. exactly. And I do really like what Coach Darvin Ham is doing. Uh, I like the accountability that he has. Russell Westbrook clearly is being more effective off the bench. You have to get him credit. I didn't think he would have that type of uh, approach at this point in his career. And so I have to give Russ a lot of credit for that. Anthony Davis has been balling. But at the end of the day, the only way this team makes any type of threat later on in the postseason where they're actually a viable contender is if they add a couple pieces. And that's actually, did you see the report? They even said the Lakers locker room believes they're a couple pieces away from being a viable contender. Now that's the no brainer, of course. Right. But I mean, I, any team could say that when you have two players like Anthony Davis and LeBron James, right? Yeah. I mean, that's like that. Yeah. Okay. They've been so bad. So I guess somebody has to say it. Right. But AD is looking better and LeBron just got to peak at the right time. Like I'm not out on LeBron. Obviously he's aging, but I'm not out on him being a player that could when you play off series and win you a championship in the right situation still to this day, you can't sleep on Braun. You can't sleep on Braun. No matter yeah. how old he is. I think he can be the best player in the finals. Just, he can't be the guy to get you through 82 games. Oh yeah, exactly. I agree. I and agree. who, and I don't believe in Anthony Davis's health. I'm not wishing injury upon anybody, but this looks and sounds good, but we haven't even reached Christmas yet. Yeah, man. Um, what could you say? Like, there's no take for that on, on my side. Like, it is what it is. Hopefully he stays healthy. Right. Who else do you like? Who else is sticking out to you? West, East? I love the Pacers. I mean, the Kings, they've had some struggles lately, but their offense is crazy, right? Like, the pieces they added with Malik Monk and Kevin Herter have been great. Sabonis is taking a slight step back, but a step forward in a lot of ways by – maybe bird, um, shouldering a little bit less of the offense, but being that hub on the perimeter, but also being a post-up threat. And then obviously De'Aaron Fox took a leap. So they're a really interesting team. Hey, they're in the mix with the other Cali teams now, right? Like we look at the Warriors, we look, we look at the Clippers, we look at the Lakers. They're in the mix with those teams, no? No, man. No, oh, so, so, oh, so you think it'll be sh it'll shake out and those teams will all be better? 
when it comes to Sacramento, listen, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I'm sorry to the Sacramento fans. I'm gonna be I'm gonna glass. I just cold. I just I just did a sack pod. Shouts to do Simone. Listen, yeah, hey, I'm I'm a glass half full type of person. I hope that they're good. I love De'Aaron Fox's game. Uh, but I can't take you seriously as a franchise unless you guys take yourself seriously. And I think the Sacramento Kings have been incredible. Oh, they're, do- they're doing better now. Like, like, look, I cannot defend you not drafting Luka Doncic. I cannot defend trading away Tyrese Halliburton. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, that's but- what I'm saying. But they're making, since that point, they made great moves. Like Kevin Herter and Malik Monk, great moves. Great moves. And Mike Brown is obviously an upgrade as a coach. So. I, you, you need to, I need to see, I have had years and years and years of irrelevance. In order for me to give you any time of day now and take you seriously, you got you to gotta show me more. Max, this is what we do. We, rea- we, re- we react quick to the early part of the season. I mean, everything's overreaction at this point, but they're playing really well, and their offense was, I think, top two in the NBA, like them and the Celtics, if I'm not mistaken. Like, what could you I'm, say? I hear the bash Sacramento, right? But I'm just yeah. – I, I, I have to call it spade a spade. I think everyone listening is like, are you and I, do you believe, that Sacramento is going to make any noise when it matters most. If they stay healthy, I think they can. Things are always changing, Max. Just because if you were terrible for 15 years doesn't mean you'll be terrible this year. Like the same thing, what happened with the Hawks and the Knicks, right? Just because they were kind of looking like they were getting better one year, they look bad the next year. That's how the NBA is. That's how the NBA is. Things change, bro. You should know that. I know it sounds like I'm completely bashing Sacramento. Yeah, like, you sound. You know what? You sound like the old guy here. I, I just because, I feel like because it's all about because it's like you got to realize that bad teams will become good at some point for the most part. Like every team goes through. Like yeah, the Lakers and Celtics are anomalies, right? They're usually good, even though they went through their times with Paul Pierce and even Kobe, right? That they weren't good. But look, man, they're making the right moves. They made some really good moves. And Mike Brown got to play quick, modern basketball. It is what it is. I'm not sold, man. I'm not sold. When someone shows you who they are, Combo, you better believe them. So until you show oh, me no, something. Uh, but they're showing, like, they've been great. They've been great. It's November. It's November. Come on. Give me give me some evidence later on. Hey, I love the young players. I'm glad you're winning games. It's what you're trying to That's the goal, right, is to win games. So I'm not going to congratulate you on winning some games in November. As soon as you turn it up, I see a complete change around, and there's a different sense of culture. And so, what? Let me ask you this: Predict where the Kings land. Like, what do you think? Their playoff team? Do you think they're a playing team? Do you think they not even get in the play? Like, they're going to get at least in the play-in, no matter what. You think if they stay healthy? If they stay 100, percent if they stay healthy. Okay, let's look at it right now. I just pulled up the Western Conference standing. So, didn't know this was going to. Spark this. Here we go. So Suns are first seed. Nuggets are two. Pelicans three. We have Grizzlies. And I mean, these a lot of these seeds are like just one, two games apart. Uh, Grizzlies. Kings are the sixth seed. They're 11 and nine. Right. Okay. Then you have the Jazz, which which is crazy. They started off fantastic. And now they're, they're 13 and 11. Dallas, 10 and 10. Warriors. Okay. So in order for the Kings to make it, we have to believe that the Warriors, the Mavs, the Lakers and Portland are not going to go in. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think I know, I know the Warriors are going to get in. I know Dallas is going to be in. I truly believe Portland can make a squeeze to get in there. And that, I didn't even mention Minnesota, by the way. And I know Kansas. Well, I mean, I mean, Kings are going to be better than Portland, and I like Portland. I had Danny Morang on the pod, and we talked about Portland. I think they're really good, but they they're not. They so want to be in win. They want to be in win now mode, but I feel like the Kings are more in win now now mode than them. Okay, so that means you would take the Kings right now over, and I'll give you Utah, even though Utah is seventh seed. I'll give you Utah. So you the West is tough. To, look, the West is tough to predict. Some of these teams are going to be out, and the way the Kings are playing offense, like they've been struggling a little bit lately, is different, man. Like Kevin Herter, Malik Monk made a huge difference. De'Aaron took a leap. I told you, Sabonis is that hub. They're playing quick, modern style offense. I don't want to be on. First of all, I don't. I just did a whole Kings pod, so I don't want to talk about the Kings for thirty minutes. I'm going to be this guy. The Kings aren't going to make the playoffs. They're not going to do it. They're like, hey, and if they do, I, it's not like I'm rooting against it. I would love to see it, but I'm just going to be honest here. They haven't been relevant. What, 15, 20 since they played Shaq in the late. In so the that late. means that means they'll never change. No, but when someone shows you who they are, you got to believe them. And so until they show a consistent change, then I could be like, you know what? That makes sense. But consistent change to me isn't. Where do they rank? In the, you're looking at the rankings. Where do they rank in the West right now? It's one right fourth now, of the season. Six seed, they're 11 and nine. The Golden State Warriors haven't really clicked into gear yet, obviously. 11 and 11. I don't even know if they still have they won a home game yet. Um, yeah, they've away game. I'm sorry. Yeah, they've it's won. Crazy, that's crazy. Thing to, that's a crazy thing to ask, like one fourth into the season. Yeah, it's insane. So I believe the Warriors will switch it into gear and get in. I believe Minnesota is going to make a great case to get in, even though that Rudy Gobert trade came back to haunt them. Uh, the Lakers, I believe they do have what it takes to make some noise and get in their only three games behind. Like there's still so much time. And I still believe that um, the Jazz could technically squeak in there if they remain consistent. I'm not saying they're going to make some noise in the playoffs, but you can't just say they're not going to make it. So I just don't have faith in the Kings yet. Doesn't mean I, I could be wrong later on and I'm, I would love to be wrong. But as of right now, it's going to take more to sell me on this because I just have years of history. I, I'm, a, I'm a believer in the Kings, but I don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah, I mean, be honest. Like we we stay on the Kings way too long. That's what I'm thinking. I just I just couldn't believe you. I'm like, I, I understand. I love De'Aaron Fox. I th- I don't think you're watch. Have you have you watched him play? Be honest with you. Okay, I've watched, so. but I'm not sitting here like I can't wait to watch the Kings game tonight. <laughs> be honest with you. They're good, bro. The Kings are good. I'm telling you, Max. They're good. They're a good basketball team. I'm telling okay. you. I hear you. Yeah. I, we'll, we'll we'll revisit this uh, towards the second half of the so, season. So I mean, so if they make play-ins, that's like a hedge, right? Like nobody was right. If they make the playoffs, I'm right. And if they yeah. miss out on the play-ins, you're right. Is that how we're doing it? Yeah, and I would love to see them in the play-ins. Like, let's let's see them compete. I would Who's like right? Who's wrong? That's all that matters here on the Believe in Magic podcast. <laughs> Oh, exactly, man. So we'll see. Like I said, I'm not rooting against them. So we'll. Other than that, man, yeah, the West is really tough. And bro, I'm watching Minnesota. That's the bet. That's one. Of, I think that's that trade came back to haunt them, man. It's not the right. It's not the right fit at all. Like it's, you know, I saw out of like a hundred pick and rolls, it was something like that. Anthony Edwards only passed it four times. To Anthony Edwards. Uh, I'm sorry to Rudy Gobert. And then I'm like, man, he hasn't gotten a dunk in like X amount of games. Here's the question. Season. Here's the question. Is Rudy the common denominator? Because the vibes are bad in Utah. Donovan goes to the Cavs. Great vibes. The vibes were good in Minnesota before Rudy got there. Rudy goes to Minnesota. 
bad vibes. Is Rudy the common denominator? Yes. Just like that, point blank period. Yes, I'm not saying he still has incredible value defensively, but the way like he, we always say modern NBA, right? Like we were just talking about that. He's not a modern NBA guy. Like he's been able to make it work because how good of his impact is defensively. It's, it's it's crazy you say that because the NBA is so analytic driven, and the analytics like Rudy. Hey, numbers lie, especially the defensive metrics. This is an example of numbers do lie. Like I just, <laughs> it's not a good, it's not a good fit, especially when you have Carl Anthony Towns, who yes, who can stretch the floor, but I feel like they, this look floor, perfect for Anthony Edwards to shine. I don't look, want there any- is there is some amount of Monday morning quarterbacking going on here, right? When we look how bad this Ooh. team is now, but but like they tried to zig when the league was zagging. They felt like with a stretch big like Cat. And a guy who is a decent finisher around the rim and a great defender in Rudy, that there would be enough spacing and that they would defy the odds while adding to their defense. They wanted to bring a high level player, even though the fit wasn't great, to pair along Anthony Edwards because they felt like he was taking that crazy leap this season, which he hasn't yet, but I believe he will. So I understand where. Minnesota was coming from. Do I totally agree with it? Obviously not. And it's looking bad right now. If I was Anthony Edwards, I would try to go ballistic for these four. hundred percent. A hundred percent. He got to, he got to be in kill mode. I agree with you. Go for 50 every game. Like I, nobody talks about this, but when you're a good player on a bad team, your mindset, in my opinion should be like kill mode, get buckets. That's it. Like, don't like mope and pout that you're on a bad team. Do your thing. That's my opinion. Do your thing. But yeah, man, Max has been a good show. Uh, do you have a moment of the week? Didn't did you get the reference? Do your thing, twenty one, dude. You know, you um, the audio was off a little bit when you said that, but I've been oh, listening okay. to a, I've been listening to a lot of twenty one and Drake. It's album of the year. That's album of the year. But um, oh, great album. Oh, so my favorite songs on there. So I won't do moment of the week, but I'll tell you my favorite song. Go my ahead. Songs on that album. Uh, middle of the ocean. You're Back a lyric. Out- yeah, definitely. Back outside, boys. Okay. Treacherous, treacherous twins. Right, treacherous little twins. Oh, Circo Loco. I mean, that's an obvious one though. That's kind of like their commercial. So song you're just on saying there. this point. There's some songs that I'm like, eh. There's a few songs like that. Like, I don't think, I don't think the first song, Rich Flex, I don't think that's as good as those other songs. It's still good, though. It's still good. But, like, I'd rather listen to those other songs first, you know? You and I'm missing one. I'm missing one. I'm missing one that I really sure. like. Hours in Silence, of course. That's what you missed. But, uh. What? Hours in Silence, I think, is what you were meaning Maybe. to say. Maybe. Yes. Maybe. It, it's fantastic. I love it. I but, sing it every day. But, you know, I feel like. 21's music has grown on me, but obviously Drake is the MVP of this album. Well put. But it's not fair. It's it's not fair in a lot of ways because it's almost like um, the God did verse, right? Jay-Z was better, not only better, but he also went a lot longer. And this is a mostly Drake album. So not only was Drake better, he also had a lot more time on it. So it's unfair in a lot of ways. He's a goat. I'm just going to have to say it. 21 Savage is nice though. He's, 
You know what? You know what song I slept on? Jimmy Cooks. I slept on that song. Like going back a little bit. Bangers. You know man. what? Actually, on that song, I like Twenty One Savage verse better. What I do like you think? That. I like that. No, I, I love Twenty One. I did my Apple replay. I don't know if you do that. Uh, you should do it after the show. Post it on your story. Put a poll or something. You know what I mean? You love your polls, but. Uh, Drake's my most listened person by like four times the second. I thought it'd be combos court. They don't count podcasts. This is just music. All right. So podcast, I was number one, right? I didn't do that yet, but you're up there, man. Yeah, you would be. Believe is first. Believe in the Orlando magic. But uh, shouts to Believe Network. We out here. You heard. (laughs) Yo, it's crazy. Yo, so, um, you know, Pierre, right? Obviously, you had him on the pod. So, uh, his co host, D Mills, right? Yeah, he posted, he posted something. It was hilarious. It said he's the top one percent of Drake listeners in the world. <laughs> That's hilarious, bro. I think I think I'd be up there with him. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I have four thousand in the box this year. Yo, shouts to D Miller. Shouts to Through the Wire, man. That that's funny, bro. That's funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh man, it is. I, it was album of the year, but my moment of the week. I was gonna go with D Book shooting twenty for 25, 50 something points. Too obvious, right? Too obvious. Yeah, I, I'm like, you know what? Let me go with Combo's guy. I'm going to go with Tatum with 49, Combo's 15 guy. to 25, 11 rebounds, 8 to 12 from the three-point line. Like, we got to give it to this guy. And it was against the Miami Heat. You know, they come with it. They play defense. This guy is MVP of the year right now. MVP mix. MVP mix for sure. Max, this has been a great pod. You can find Max on the MVP wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me. Combos Court, wherever you listen to podcasts. And of, and of course, subscribe to the Believe in Magic podcast. Follow us on all our socials. You can go back to the old episodes if you want to hear all our socials. But um, we're out here, Max. Talk soon, bro, bro. Talk. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.